Hi guys, this is the Caniac Report. I am Sam Wallace. And I am Sam Driscoll. And you know what? What? They got it done under the wire. They might have. If you like this episode, please share, leave a review, and hit that subscribe button so you'll never miss another episode. And if you like it, please share it. So last week was something. It was a rough week, but it was really things, rough. Right? I mean, it's part of the game. Uh, Carolina didn't win any of their games. They lost Pittsburgh four to two, Toronto three to two. They got a point against Washington, but they lost that game four to three in the shootout. And they got shut up by the New York Rangers in front of, I believe, a sold out crowd to nothing. And I think for a team that's a cup contender, that's unacceptable. But it's also best to have these problems now than a month from now in May. The hope is, obviously, there you're assuming that they fix the problem. So we'll we'll kind of briefly touch on the games and discuss the issues that, that they've had. But um, if you just want to wrap it up in one small little bow, it's scoring. They're not scoring goals anymore. Exactly. That has been the theme. And we'll start with that Pittsburgh game where we lost four to two. Yep, uh, that was a bit of a rough game, and it's and we're seeing a patent pattern here um, of not scoring in the first goal. I mean, in the first period. Yeah, I mean, if you take a look at the Penguins game, um, we didn't score until the third. Um, Pittsburgh scored in the first, second, and third to win. I think Carolina played good. Exactly. Against Pittsburgh. I think they played well. They didn't get rewarded. I think they played well. I think they played better than Toronto. Again, did not get rewarded. And I think they outplayed Washington briefly. But I think Washington probably deserved to win that game. And then I think they trounced New York, but couldn't solve Georgiev. And that's where we're at. That's just kind of sums up Carolina's problem. I mean, if you just look back in March in general, um, uh, they've scored three goals, one, two, three, four times this month. Maybe, no, five. And that's sometimes that's that's usually what the recipe is, or at least to get a point. And they got an point in those games. They got a point in Detroit. They got a they won against Pittsburgh in that first game. They beat Seattle. They beat Philadelphia. The only games in which they've lost when they got three is Detroit and, and Washington. And then they got a point. So the magic number is three, but the problem that we're seeing late is Carolina's not getting to that number anymore. They're at one goal, two goals, zero goals. Um and sometimes it works. You can you can win a game two nothing like they did against Colorado. Yeah, but you can't have your goalie bail you out every no. night, and that is when I mean. And, and you'll hear the Adam Gold interview after uh, our discussion, but I mean he he came out with the stats of like what one goal for Aho pretty much this month, Since excluding February. all. If it was just five on five, yeah. like he Only needs to produce more. Since February, I think it was. Fetch needs to produce more. Yeah. Yep. No, Carolina. They, they Carolina needs some goal scoring from Trocheck Stall. I mean, Trocheck scoring some more now. You need it from Stall. I mean, not Stall. You need it from Aho, Svechnikov, Natchez, especially Natchez. You need Jarvis to keep scoring. It's good he's gotten on the board now. Um, I think I think that's just gonna continue. He played really well against New York. Uh, 
Nina Ryder, when he's back, I mean, he's going to keep playing well. You know that. Um, but you really need Teravine and Ahem Svechnikov to step up because in the last month they really haven't. But you know they can. We've seen them do it this year, so they just need to get back going. And I think they can. Just got to hope it happens sooner rather than later. Yeah, and that's just that's mainly been a theme of. I mean, you can tell Brenda Moore is a process guy. He likes the process. He likes the opportunities. Although I would argue, for most of this past week, we weren't getting good opportunities. Now. Uh, the Rangers game, I thought we had a lot of good opportunities. Could not finish it. Yeah, Georgiev played lights out. I mean, they had over 40 shots on goal. The end of the day, it was really a one nothing game. They got an empty net. You don't, don't doesn't really matter. You can't don't count that. Um, and New York won. I mean, it is what it is. Carolina, in my opinion, is still better than the Rangers. Um, I, I don't think, I, I think the only thing they might have better than us is goaltending with Shesterkin, but even then Anderson can hang with him any day of the week, I'm sure. But when it comes to, to high end talent, I don't think New York has what Carolina has. I think they've got some depth and I'll give that to New York. They definitely have depth. Um, but I think when it comes to what Carolina can do versus what New York can do, I think Carolina is better than the Rangers. And I think we'd see that in the playoffs. I think uh, the best thing when it comes to o- offense between us and the Rangers, I think the most the Rangers could do is match us, but I don't think their offense is actually better than us. And I, I, and would I don't s- think their defense is like ours. They no. have Adam Fox. He's a good offensive defenseman, but I don't think he is that defensive type guy that, that you would need, like Jacob Slavin. So we have our Adam Fox and Tony D'Angelo, but we have something they don't in Jacob Slavin. So defense wins championships, and Carolina's defensive core is leaps and bounds better than New York. And one person I want to give credit for, he's been playing a lot better, is Ethan Bear. Ethan Bear has looked better, which is good, and 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 we didn't touch on this when we talked with with Adam Gold, but he's mentioned it in his podcast um, that Ethan Bear's best is better than Brendan Smith's best. We just need to get Ethan Bear's best more often. Um, we'll see if he keeps playing good. I mean, I could be I could be wrong. I said early on that I didn't think Ethan Bear would be here past the trade deadline. I was wrong about that. Ethan Bear's yeah, still you here. Were. I'm just but kidding. <laughs> I also said if he stayed, I don't know if we'd extend. And I think that's what we're going to get to. I think I think really how he plays down the stretch and in the playoffs will determine kind of the outcome of his time in Carolina. Do we extend? Do we trade? Do we have to go to arbitration? Does he get kind of a low deal that at the end of the day, even if it's another year, we've soured it. It's one more year with us and he's gone. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. It depends on how he plays. But he's been playing good. I thought he played really well against the Rangers. Yeah. I think in general Carolina played very well against the Rangers. I thought they're I've, if you look at the past week from Pittsburgh to last night uh, against the Rangers uh, at the time we're recording this, of course. I thought their best game was the Rangers, and I thought the game before that was their worst game. They did not deserve to win against Washington, and I thought they were lucky that they got a point. I'm sure you probably thought Carolina played better than I saw in the Washington game, Um, but to me, they only played one period of that game against Washington, and it was not enough. 
and they got what they deserved. But I'm I was really happy with the point because they just did not have a desire to win. And that overtime in Washington was the worst overtime I have seen from this team. Carolina is younger, it's faster, and it is has more high-end skill than Washington. And when you watch that game, it looked like Carolina, all their players were about 40. They looked they, they looked slow, they looked like they didn't care, and they got lucky to get out of the 3 on 3 into the shootout. But even then, you know, like the scoring, the shots they took in the shootout were kind of like, eh. Right? And then Ovechkin got it done. It's, you know, I hate him, but I'm a Hurricanes fan. So, of course, I'm going to hate Ovechkin. I think he's dirty. He's lazy. He gets lucky and he gets away with crap. I think on that first goal and against the Caps, Ovechkin got away with a dive, but, you know, it is what it is. The league's not going to change. They're going to protect their star players. It's an embarrassment, but whatever they want to do. Yeah. Just with that Washington game, I don't like. Um, I thought also part of that Washington game was led into by the Toronto game because I didn't think uh, we played all that well against Toronto, um, especially Ajo. I thought Ajo's worst game was against Toronto. Now, you could have said the same for Washington, and if you did, then I'm not going to argue with that. But Ajo needed to wake up. I thought the whole team and him did better against the Rangers. But there's just a lot of offensive problems. You have Natchez, who can't score. Uh, Svech is fighting the puck. I noticed a lot more of that in the Rangers game. He just cannot handle that puck. Uh, to me, Teravainen, when he's not on his game, uh, he's invisible because he's not a flashy player by any means. And obviously, I don't think he has a lot of physical strength. So when I do notice him, he's kind of getting knocked off the puck. So... All of this stuff is happening together, and that's the reason why we have this four-game losing streak for the first time this season. Yeah, and I think that also says a lot, too, that it is the first one. So I think that shows. I mean, Carolina is very, very, very good. We're still number one in the Metro. I think we're still the best team in the Metropolitan Division, even after the deadline. Um, we'll have to wait and see what happens, right? I mean, that's just reality. we got to wait and see what, um, what happens. We're going to see what goes on down the stretch. I think when it comes to these last four games, I think if we can come out against Tampa Bay and win tomorrow, I think that's going to be big. I think that'll help confidence. And I think that's going to be important and help the flush these away. Cause I think there's this lingering effect going on these last four. There's a lack of confidence. And I think for Aho, for Svechnikov, for Teravainen, once one of them puts it in the back of the net, five on five, I think you're going to see them explode. Confidence goes up. Yeah, exactly. Confidence is going to go up again, and it's going to help out a lot. Carolina has high-end talent. They're very good. Um, they've been very good all season. Um, we need to win. And I think it, would, it I think against Tampa Bay, it's going to be a challenge. But I think they're up to the challenge. We've beaten them once. Let's see if we can beat them again. I think they can. 
I think they need to show up. Um, Nate just needs to start playing well. The he's he's the so. one player that I'm worried about when it comes to confidence because, yeah, he scored that one goal against Seattle, but he has not put the goal up since. And I would argue he's still playing the same way. And, I mean, yeah. Jarvis Trace. has looked better. Yeah, he has. Jarvis has looked really, really good. Um, he, had think, an, he had an excellent game against Washington. Yeah, he had two goals. And I thought he continued that into um, New York. But again, Georgiev was just good. That's just reality. He was good. I mean, and that's what lost us the game. Georgiev just was very, very good. Yeah. And that was that kind of game. We usually see a couple of those every hurricane season from when they were really bad to when they're good now. There's always that one or two games where we just dominate, but we get shut out. Happens. Yeah, it's just frustrating. And also, I mean, I don't want to harp on Natchez too much. But I, I I just wonder, I mean, we asked Adam Gold the question, you think he's going to get traded? I don't know. I, I think it's 50-50. I think... What could happen is if you look around the league, and, and I haven't done this yet, so I don't know. I think it's possible he kind of touched on it. I think it's possible. I think it's it's it might be a, a thought. I think some of it might be dependent upon maybe the situation with Ethan Bear. I could see Natchez being a package with to get Chikrin from Arizona. It's also a possibility. So Alexi Lafreniere from New York. Isn't really living up to what they thought, and I, I think he plays better than Capo Caco. If I were the Rangers, I'd be more concerned about him than I had Lafreniere. Seen to, well, I saw today that they were open to using Lafreniere in a package to get something if they needed to today at the deadline. So I think you kind of look. And I'm not saying it's him. I'm, I'm just giving you okay. an example. Mm. I think we could see maybe a change of scenery swap. So if you have someone like Natchez who's an RFA, maybe you look for another RFA who might need that change of scenery, and you do a swap. Right? That's kind of what we did. Nino Nino Rider for Victor Rask. It was the hope that Victor Rask would thrive in and and Minnesota, and Nino Rider would thrive here. Where it worked for Nino Rider, it didn't work out for, for Victor Rask. <laughs> That's what you take, right? You you send. Natchez on his way. You bring someone in. I think that's possible. I tend to agree with with what you'll hear from Adam Gold that I don't think he's going to be. I don't think Natchez or his agent are going to be willing to play ball with Carolina. So they're going to give him a number and they're not going to budge from it. Um, but he's also not playing well either. So his agent needs to come to the reality of yeah. And I mean, this possible. Too. I think it's possible. Like a team that's in the rebuild, like Phoenix, or sorry, like Arizona, who... Or Buffalo. Or, yeah, or Buffalo, who's got time to develop. They might be willing to, to pay Although I think contract. Buffalo's been doing pretty well ever since they traded uh, Jack Eichel. Yeah, which is kind of funny, but it's how the chips roll, right? Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. I mean... I think it would be interesting. I didn't think Natchez would be built. We would be dealt at the deadline. I, I never did. It's hard to find a player under one million that's top six, and Natchez is still top six. Um, I mean, he's supposed to be top six, right? So you're not going to find that anywhere else for that price. Um, but we'll see what happens at the end of the year because we're going to get about a mil and relief from. Uh, 
Kotkaniemi because he signed his extension today um, at four, at eight by four point eight something. Four point eight two. Four point because he wears eighty two jersey. So yeah, so they signed him for four point eight two mil a year for eight years. That's really good, especially if he becomes a number two center. We got um, so. I, I don't think Natchez gets that kind of a deal right now. I don't think he's worth that kind of a deal. In fact, I think Kotkaniemi, you know, he doesn't have the same numbers as Natchez. I, I think Kotkaniemi has played better. So I kind of like to see Kotkaniemi play up, maybe swap, put Natchez on the fourth line, let yeah. Kotkaniemi kind of play up a little bit. Just see what happens. I mean, we're losing. You got to do something. So, And he's he's going to be here for a long time, eight years. Yeah. And we already talked about this contract in the last episode more in depth, so we're not going to go in depth as we did last episode. Yeah. I think it was a great deal. Though. It's a good deal. I mean, it's a solid deal. I mean, I think it's a team-friendly deal. But that's because he's happy here. And the same with Svechnikov. He wanted to stay in Carolina. He's happy in Carolina. But you'll hear from Adam Gold. And I think, I think person, I'm, me personally, I'm disappointed. And I feel like we could have done more. I think we could have been in maybe a little bit heavier on Ricard Raquel. I think we could have been a little bit heavier in on Giordano, on Cop. I think there's a lot of players that I think Carolina should have been more in on and willing to do and launder money if they needed to, to launder the money through other teams. And they chose not to. I, I personally don't think that they... It hasn't moved the needle. Yeah. And I don't think Carolina learned their lesson from last year. Do I think they can still win a cup? Yeah, I think they can. I think if Natchez, Jarvis, Trocek, Aho, Svechnikov, Teravine, and Nina Ryder, all of them play well. Backstomi, if he comes in and is like the way he was a few years ago, yeah, Carolina can win a cup. But if they all stay like this, no. They'll make the playoffs. They'll probably drop out of number one, and they'll go into the sunset after the first round, maybe second. But... I, I like what this I, I do like this team. I like what's in the pipeline with this team. I think we have a two year window right now, unless some things change. Um I think the question's gonna be what happens with Aho. Yeah. I wanna Aho hear what Aho. Waddell said today at three o'clock because those of you who don't know, he he held a press conference. I haven't we both haven't listened to it yet. Uh, I know I will. I, I'm sure you probably will the yeah. same. But um, uh, just a couple of things that I that I saw uh quickly on Waddell. Uh, he one Domi's going to be here in time for the game tomorrow, but probably will not be playing. So he won't play tomorrow, but he'll play Thursday. Um, and I think that's a big thing. But uh, but I think they're happy with their team. And I think that's kind of the reality there um, and how yeah. they, they feel. Um, I think what frustrates me a little bit and that's, I mean, yeah, a little bit with the Domi trade is that I'm, I, I'm, I know the Canes are a smart team and I, I, I do think they are a smart team, but in order to get value, you have to trade value. And to me, that came up in my head when we got Domi. I mean, we didn't have to give up hardly anything. Yeah, it was a free deal. It it was a free deal. And to me, I'm a little bit off-putted by that because I'm just like, well, I mean, you're not getting anything because you're not willing to get up 
that much. Now, I'm not saying Domi's a bad player. No, I mean, he could, he could come in and be really, really good, or he could come in and just be that guy that we have extra if there's injuries on the roster. It, he, he's, he's a, he's a depth op- option with potential upside, of course, but, um, I don't know. I don't think really anyone knows how it's going to end up working out, but you really just need to, um, move forward and try and fix the problem you have now. I'm not saying that if we got Giroux, that that would fix the scoring problem we have now. Giroux wouldn't be the fix it. I think you need to figure out what's going on in that room right now. Um, I, I still think, I still think, um, with the moves made by other teams, we could have done a little bit better. Yeah. I think, it to comes be with, honest, I mean, there could be some arrogance involved potentially. You know, we're number one in, in Metro. Maybe they feel like, oh well, we're number one. We don't need to do anything. Why fix? Why, but it's why not by much. Something? I heard them on on um, NHL Network today talking about Carolina, and one of the guys said they shouldn't change anything. They shouldn't change the chemistry. Carolina is already good. Why f- change what's not broken? But I think there's an issue now, but bad we'll timing, see, right? We you know we'll we'll see what happens if Carolina can fix break their their skid. Right? I think they can. I really do. This is a young uh, group, yeah. And I was more advocating not really a Domi type of player, but a Justin Williams type of player. You need to have a veteran offensive presence. Well, I think Domi could potentially be that if he gets back to his 20-goal scoring season he had. So he could. But it's not proven. It's just not proven. That's the only thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's the hope. There's always going to be the hope. So you just got to move forward. See what happens, like you're talking about. Really, these games that we we had this week. I mean, we talked about Pittsburgh. I mean, it was a too little, too late again, like it has been. Toronto, same thing again. Too little, too late. Yeah, didn't work out against Washington. That was the worst game. It was, and even what was crazy about it is, you felt like going into that overtime or into the third, Carolina should have won in regulation. But they gave up a, you know, Trocek took a stupid penalty, and we lost in over, and we lost in the shootout because Trocek took a dumb penalty. And we were we were one hundred percent in that third period. We were in our zone, hanging on. Yeah. I hate that hanging on mentality. Yeah. it doesn't work. You gotta fight yeah. to be in the lead. But it does work when you're the New York Rangers playing against a team who just can't score because that's what the Rangers did. They scored the goal and they turtled. They just yeah, tried they to did. keep the puck out of the net. Well, they played the night before. Yeah. Which is why we should have won, right? But we didn't. I mean, all these games that we had this week, again, you know, you can sum them all up and just say the top-end talent isn't doing their job. And that's just, that's true. Top-end talent is not doing what top-end talent needs to do, right? Uh, Svechnikov needs to start putting the puck in the back of the net. Um, I think it's great. I thought getting Tony D'Angelo back was huge. I thought D'Angelo had a great game the other night against the Rangers. He'll, he'll improve the offense, but again, he's also a defenseman, so yeah. it's not like he's going to drastically alter the He should help the power play. The power play looked crisp, especially early on. I mean, there were a lot of good passes, good looks. Again, Georgiev was just really good. Yeah. But I think it needs to just, you know, you move on. You move on to Tampa Bay. 
That's what you have to do. You have to forget about these last several games. They have not been. You have you. You can't go into it like, oh well, it doesn't matter if I play my best because we're going to lose anyway. No, it's going to start working out for you. But you can't give up on the system. Rod Burnham was right in that regard. You got to keep playing your system. We trounced New York. Oh my goodness, we probably should have won that game six to one, but we couldn't get past Georgiev. They're have they're snake bitten right now. Which you can solve. It can be rectified. You just need that one game. And if you can come out and do that against Tampa Bay, against Vasilevsky, if he's in net, and I'm sure he will be, that would be big. Come yeah. in and light up Vasilevsky. That it, would give you oogles of confidence. I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. Svechnikov, Ajo, Teravainen, if they can all score, or one of them really score, that's going to give your whole offense like, oh, we can do this. We can beat the best goalie in the league. Or in the world, what a lot of people consider Vasilevsky still the best goalie in the world. If you can do that, yeah, that's going to give you confidence down the stretch. And I, I bet if Carolina wins tomorrow, I bet you see another big winning streak. Maybe not the nine one before that they had at the beginning of the season, but like a four or five. Maybe yeah, you might see five, six, seven wins in a row just I, because of the. I'm not expecting level. six, but I I think four or five is kind of yeah. But you're going to see that I out beat. of them. You're going to see. A win streak put together because the confidence level will be so high. It's not going to be easy because the games don't get easy. Tampa, no. Dallas. No, the, is the games the... get get significantly harder. We have um, St. Louis, Dallas, St. Louis, Washington, and Tampa again. And Montreal to close out the month. You need to win. You probably need to win four of these five. And you need to win all of the home games. So you need to beat Tampa Bay, Dallas, Montreal, and walk away with a win most likely against Washington. If you lose to St. Louis as a Western Conference team, you can get over that. If you lose to Tampa Bay, but you beat them at home, you win the season series against Tampa Bay. You beat them two out of the three times. But you got to beat Washington. I'd be happy with Washington. I'd be happy with three wins. Um, But you got to win the home games, right? Yeah, that's what you got to do. That's why I said three, because you have three home games in the next five. You have so. to win the home games. And then if you can pick up a road win against St. Louis, Washington, or Tampa, I think the one to beat, I think, to give you that confidence is Washington. You really want to beat them once this season. That would just, I think, help with the confidence, help with the thought. You know, you're probably beating them in the playoffs in the first round. Most likely, Carolina will play Washington, Boston, or Toronto. We'll have to wait and see what happens, but you're playing one of those teams. And so far, the only team Carolina has manhandled has been Boston. Yeah. So, what's going to happen, right? But I, I, I would argue Boston's different now than when we played them. They, they have gone on a tear. They have. Recently. I still believe Carolina's better than Boston. I believe, if for one reason, one reason alone, we have Frederick Anderson. They don't have to harass anymore. I, I I don't think I think Boston goaltending is good. Their defense Carol- got a little better with Hampus Lindholm. They did, but Carolina's goaltending is leaps and bounds better than Boston, and I think that would be the difference in a playoff series. I guess we'll wait and see. Well, that's well, that'll probably do it. Um, I hope you all enjoy this next bit. We got an interview with Adam Gold. I was so nervous. Man. <laughs> Well, we'd like to thank um, Adam Gold for joining us, and um, here's the interview. I hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll see you next week then. Yeah, see ya. All right, well, we'd like to uh, 
let's thank our first guest coming on. Adam Gold is joining us. He hosts the Adam Gold Show from noon to three and the Canes Corner podcast after every game. Uh, thanks for coming on and talking to us today. Hey, big day. Oh, yeah. It's a great day for Canes, um, probably Canes fans, and it's good to see a move. Good to see a signing. What are your overall thoughts, I guess, of the uh, of the day? Uh, it's a bit of a risk. Max Domi. I mean, I could make the joke that I've already made that he fits right in. He's got one goal in his last 31 games, so uh, puts him right in Martin Nature's category, who's got two in his last 33. Um, I think that they are taking a chance that Max Domi changes scenery. Uh, will suddenly he'll be able to recapture his 28 goal season. Although you're probably not looking for that, but uh, if he scores four between now and the end of the season, you probably get your value out of it. Um, I just don't know where he goes in the lineup. And that's the, uh, the ultimate problem is that, is he better than anybody playing in your top nine right now? Uh, And I would argue no. Um, And if they like the grit, that Max Domi might provide, well, in order to put him in the lineup, you're probably taking out either Stephen Lawrence or Jordan Martinook. And so you're replacing smaller grit. <laughs> you're exchanging smaller grit for bigger grit. Although I don't know if I would, I, I think I would call Stephen Lawrence a little bit of sandpaper in your lineup, even though he's not necessarily uh, that type of an, an an agitator player, but he's a tenacious four checker. And I do think he provides a lot. Um, I think at best, this move becomes a C plus, uh, but I think it could be a zero. I mean, just, it could be nothing. Uh, in which case you have a veteran who you can put in your lineup in case you have injuries in the playoffs. To me, it's a depth move. Um, I wouldn't look at anything more than that. And I think he could end up being healthy scratched as much as he's in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, so I'm guessing, would you think this is more of like a reaction type of move? I'm guessing just from the way you've been well talking about it. If it was a reaction move, then there would have been more done. Like I I'm okay with not a reaction move, but I, but to me, this, this move is all about what you were willing to give up. Um, I haven't seen if Andrew Kopp from Winnipeg moved uh, or not, um, or if they had any conversation with Phil Kessel. If you were looking to really get somebody who might be able to provide some scoring punch, Phil Kessel's got 20 goals for Arizona. What yeah. could you have gotten for Phil Kessel, whose cap hit is just point, just $700,000 more than Domi's, and you have to launder Domi's money through a third party anyway. And that third party happened to be Florida. It wouldn't have been much more to do that through Florida. Um, and there are other places you could have laundered that money, that salary through as well. You could have done it through Buffalo. Uh, you, I mean, who knows? Um, so they didn't want to part with the first round pick. They didn't want to part with any legit, legitimately good prospects. And so this is the store they went shopping in. Um, I, I mean, I guess they could have done nothing. And I'm not sure that wouldn't have been a better move, to be honest. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, Domi used to be a very good player. 
He scored 28 goals in uh, the 18-19 season. He scored 17 goals, uh, I think, the year after, so or the, maybe the year before. So he's he has been good before, uh, but it's been a while. You think yeah, it was a mistake to to? They didn't give up anything. So uh, basically, all you've done is added Ty Domi to this roster. So because not giving up anything clearly mattered, then that's where you are. And that's I mean, again, um, if if they wanted something, if they felt like they needed something better, then maybe they would have been more willing to part with an asset to get it. Maybe it would have cost uh, next year's second round pick to get Andrew Kopp uh, or uh, Phil Kessel. I don't think Kessel was bringing a first rounder, uh, but who knows? Maybe they didn't want to part with anything like that. It's, it seems obvious that they didn't. So, um, but. I don't know that this this is not a needle mover unless Ty Domi has been lying in the weeds all season long. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, with the cap space that they currently had, uh, do you think even with trading next year's first round pick that they could have moved the needle a little bit more? Again, depending on what you're getting back, um, remember the cap hit for Domi is 5.3. Yeah. So you had to get a, a third team involved. And again, that third team is Florida. So uh, I'm sure Columbus retained half, which drops you down to 2.65. And then Florida would retain something, 0.9 roughly, because you had to get under point. It's actually a shade under 1.8. It's like 1.79 or 7.5. So I don't know, whatever it is. But you had to get under 1.8. And that's so you still needed a third team. So if you went after a play, I mean, again, with Andrew Cop, you wouldn't have needed this. Actually, you might you you might have you might have needed Florida to or some other team to retain like fifty thousand um, dollars. So because it was one point, it would it would have gone from three point six to one point eight. Um, so again, um, it's hard to hate the move because they didn't give anything up. They really didn't give anything up. They didn't give up a prospect that they value. Uh, so to me, it's just uh, putting Max Domi on your roster. And so it that, looks like that's what it is. Cop went to New York, Giroud yeah. to Florida. It looks like Pittsburgh got a little bit better. Boston got a little bit better. Yep. Carolina stayed the same. Do you think Carolina is still number one in the Metro? They're just behind Florida for probably number one in the East. Do you think Carolina? will stay there, or do you think because of the moves made, they're going to drop? Well, I don't think they're necessarily going to drop. Um, the f- f- First of all, the the Atlantic and the Metro, you, you almost have to look at them separately. Right now, it looks like the, uh, the Hurricanes, I think the Hurricanes will end up still winning the division, and they'll be the uh, the second seed if you will um so they'll deal with boston it looks like or toronto if boston catches toronto in the um uh in the first round and then the second round whoever else is if they advance i assume i hope they'll advance um in the second round you'd play you know whoever's left in the uh, metropolitan division um but ricard raquel is a heck of a player 
of Pittsburgh gave up a little bit more. They gave up a second. They gave up two roster players, Simone and Aston Reese. They're basically depth guys, but they gave up those two uh, assets. Um, Rangers got better. Uh, wasn't it's not just Andrew Cop. I think they got Tyler Mott from and Justin Van- Braun, I believe Vancouver, and Justin Braun, an adept defenseman that Carolina uh, had some interest in a few weeks ago. Um, so the Rangers got better. I don't know that the Rangers closed the gap on Carolina, but remember the Rangers have Igor Shesterkin, who's the best goalie in the league this year. So, um, you know, that, that matters a ton. Um, Washington got better by adding, um, uh, J- Marcus Johansson. Uh, they got him today. Johansson, if you remember back in the, uh, in the bubble, bubble hockey two years ago, um, he played on a third line for Boston, and that line was the difference, I thought, in the series. Uh, they got a lot of depth scoring. Johansson is a good player with a good track record in the postseason. Uh, and, uh, you know, Washington adds him to the mix, even though Washington gave up. A player I think is pretty good in Daniel Sprung. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, Carolina, I, I think Carolina stayed the same. Carolina is who Carolina was. Uh, they'll, they're only going to be as good as their best players play. Aho, Teravon, and Svechnikov must get back to scoring. Um, they need Martin Natchez to be serviceable. He has not been. Uh, and it's weird, but the best thing that Natchez has given them over the last two months has been part of the penalty kill. He's an excellent penalty kill. I love him on the on the PK. Uh, and that's not, that that has value. And the truth is, is that when you're uh, in the summer, when they do trade Natchez, that's going to be a selling point to the team that they trade him to. Look how good he is killing penalties. You can take one of your dynamic offensive players, theoretically, uh, and use him on your penalty kill, and he should be dangerous. Um, but Natchez is a decision-making uh, problem. Uh, he turns the puck over like it's part of his repertoire. Um, and right now, if I were stacking a lineup, I would put Natchez on my fourth line. And that's a problem if you're Rod Brindamore because Martin Natchez needs ice time, but he's not doing anything with the ice time he's being given right now. And we're sort of grading him on a curve every time. I mean, I love Trip Tracy, but every time Natchez does something that we notice, we go, oh, he's playing well. Like, yeah, but we just kind of ignored the two turnovers he just made. So, look, I I don't want to sound like I'm, uh, you know, negative about the team. I think the team stayed the same. Now, there's nothing wrong with that because I think they probably still are the best team in the Metropolitan Division but they're not better than Florida. They're not better than Tampa. And I don't know that they're better than Toronto either. Toronto getting Mark Giordano, that's a big time move. He will make them better. Um, if they get good goaltending, and I don't know if this, uh, uh, that kid we saw, um, Shelgren the other night, if he's going to be their goalie, if Jack Campbell comes back and plays well, uh, if that's Carolina's first round matchup, I mean, we already saw what happens when you make a mistake against them and Carolina makes a few too many mistakes. So you think Marty yeah. Natchez is definitely gone in the off season or do you think there's still a chance we keep him? I, I think they'll trade him. I really do. I think, um, what are you going to pay him? I mean, Natchez, 
I mean, he's good. First of all, and I know um, the team has gotten mad at me when I pointed this out. The Hurricanes were well within their rights to slide his contract. But entry-level deals are three years. This is the fourth year of Natchez's entry-level contract. Because remember, in uh, eighteen nineteen, he played the first seven seven games here before being sent to the minors, and because they got a chance to slide his contract, he's playing for a fourth year on his ELC. Uh, the agent doesn't like that. Natchez probably doesn't like that either. But it's that was the rule, so they're well within their rights to do it. So I can't imagine that they're going to settle for a low-level bridge deal based on what he has done this year. And based on what he has done this year, I mean, what do you pay him? Two and a half? Three? I, mean, he's been, I was thinking three and a half. He's been probably. unproductive, completely unproductive. Um, so I think they're going to try and trade him because I think you can either include him in a deal for a much bigger piece. Like if you're... Um, if you're Arizona, you could take Natchez in a Jake as part of a Jacob Chikrin deal. If you're going to deal Chikrin, although I don't know if Arizona would want Natchez based on what we saw this year, um, but I think that I I do believe that they will trade him in the off season. I, yes, I do. I think Seth Jarvis is clearly a better player, and Jarvis has two more years left at less than a million. Yeah, it's interesting because. Um, I remember when Svech was on uh, the end of his contract. I mean, he wasn't playing well either, but could you like compare um, Svech's performance to Natchez at the end? Because I could see the front office being like, well, maybe that could be part of the problem is the end of the contract. Um, it could be. And I love Natchez's speed. The difference is that they play a completely different game. Svetch's game, he can impact the game without scoring goals. And as even with the first stretch this year where he went, I don't know how many games in a row without scoring, um, he was still impacting the game in a positive way, playing at a physical, you know, with a physical edge. Um, yeah, he, he commits to, you know, too many penalties, although that is really kind of, uh, waned a little bit. He's, he's got, he's gotten much better the last say 20 or so games. Um, we've, we've, we've now allowed Vincent Trocek to pick up the silly penalties. Um, but, uh, Svech has been, uh, he's been able to impact the game without scoring. Natchez really doesn't. Um, they're both give the puck away. There's that similarity. Andre has been a little loose with the puck at times. Um, it's, uh, but yeah, I, I don't. I think they will try to offer Natchez a very low contract, um, and, and I think they will try to make it over a long period of time. And I think the like the contract they offered Kokaniemi, I don't think they would offer that to Natchez. I think they might offer Natchez that same, you know, eight years at oh thirty million. I think they try that. Um, knowing that the agent will turn it down and knowing that they're going to trade him. Sam, do you have a question or. Um, so do you, do you think that 
in the off season then is, is this, do you think this year Carolina is going to end up kind of what happened last season where the only deal they made was, was Hawk and Paw and they, you know, they fell flat against Tampa. Do you think that's going to happen again? Or do you, cause it doesn't appear that the front office really learned their lesson from last year. Um, we don't know how it works out. Right. Like again, they're 41, 15, and six. They've lost four in a row <laughs> to become, what is that? 41, 15, and six. Is that right? 41, 50, yeah, 41, 15, and six. They've, one of the losses is an, is, a, is an overtime, a shootout loss. So 41, 15, and six. Before this stretch, they had the best record in the Eastern Conference. They can win a Stanley Cup. They can win a Stanley Cup if Aho, Taravainen, Svechnikov, Niederreiter, Trocek, if they score goal, if those guys score goals, if the power play connects, the power play's gone now, what, five games in a row without a goal, right? Oh, for their last 15. Um, Tony D'Angelo coming back helps that. I think Tony D'Angelo coming back helps the offense in general at five on five. He looked uh, so good they, yesterday. Oh, no, it, Tony, Tony was fine. Power play, at least uh, at least one of them looked really good. The other, they had some chances. They gave up some short-ended chances. Um, so I think the power play was was okay. Um, but but they can win a Stanley Cup. But unless Natchez and Jarvis, although I think Jarvis has played better than Natchez has, unless Natchez becomes an offensive player, or Domi takes his role and kind of rediscovers a scoring touch. And we know he's got it because he scored goals before. Um, then this team is going to be in a position where, yeah, they can win a Stanley Cup. They can get out of the East. But it's going to be, I mean, it's just, it's going to be about, that's hockey. Because when you stack up rosters at this point, and this is the, the maybe the best, part about the sport is that it doesn't really matter. You stack up rosters and Carolina is not as good as Florida or Tampa or Toronto or I don't know. I mean, they're probably as good as I think they're probably better than Pittsburgh or Washington, but we'll see. I mean, they haven't beaten Washington yet this year. Pittsburgh, they have. And I actually think they've been better than Pittsburgh all three times. They just happened to lose the last one. So We'll have to see. Rangers, they've been significantly better both times and went one and one. But ultimately, they're not going anywhere if their top guys aren't scoring goals. I mean, Svetch has to score. Like, this is the way I've, I've, I've looked at it. Um, in the month of March, Aho Teravainen and Svechnikov each have one goal that would be considered in a normal run of play. Take out Ajo's two empty net goals and the extra attacker goal in Pittsburgh. And those three guys have combined for three goals in March. Ajo hasn't had, yeah, Ajo doesn't have a five on five goal since February 10th. Svechnikov's last five on five goal is February 12th. Seems like a long time ago to me. Yeah. Do you, those scoring drafts that you just said for Ajo and Svech, do you think this is more of a mental? type of thing with them or is it like a little bit of skill added well, to I'm, it? I, I'm, 
I'm not entirely sure that either are natural goal scorers. I mean, it remains to be seen. We used to we used to have this uh, with Eric Stahl all the time, right? Is Eric was Eric Stahl a finisher or was Eric Stahl a creator? I think I think he was more of a creator. I think both Aho and Svechnikov and Taravainen are more creators necessarily than pure goal scorers. I mean, you need both. And I'm not suggesting that they uh, move one out to get the other um, because they can all score goals. We see it all the time. Um, But they are great offensive players. I think uh, Andre will eventually become a great two-way player. I think Sebastian already is. Tavo obviously already is. So, I mean, they're huge parts of what this team is about. So I'm not, I, I have no problem with any of them. Everybody goes through uh, scoring droughts from time to time. Um, you know, th- this is coming at a bad time. And I also think it comes at a time in which it's naturally easy to be skeptical because look at who the last several games have been against, right? When you talk about um, Pittsburgh, Washington, the Rangers, right? You're talking about the best teams in the East. They haven't beaten Florida this year, haven't beaten Washington this year. Uh, they have beaten Tampa. They're 1-0 against Tampa. Uh, you know, Toronto, they've now lost their last two to Toronto, and they probably outplayed them in every game. They outplayed them here, probably outplayed them, played them at least even in Toronto both times. But the little mistake that they make ends up behind your goalie because of their extreme level of talent. Mitch Marner's got three goals against Carolina. Uh, The last two of which were mistakes that he turned into goals. Um, That's what they've got. Uh, Carolina doesn't have anybody with the goal scoring flair of Mitch Marner. Uh, And Marner's not even a pure goal scorer. Um, So, their style is great. They get plenty of opportunities to score. And right now, they're just not figuring out a way to get that puck in the net. Uh, I, I assume it'll come back. Uh, if it doesn't, then it doesn't really matter. They could have added uh, Mario Lemieux. It wouldn't matter. Um, so, again, the, the team, as is constructed, is good enough. It just has to play better than everybody else. I mean, if they just... They don't have as much of a margin for error if one or two of their best guys aren't scoring goals. I mean, Florida's got 10 guys who could beat you. I mean, they're just loaded, absolutely loaded. I can't believe what they – I I keep looking at their, their cap going, how did they do that? Yeah, for Claude Giroux, I, I was like, how? But Yeah, and loaded. the thing is, uh, they didn't even give up a ton for Giroux. They gave up a, a, a prospect and a first. And that first isn't even this year. The first is next year. Um, I think it was because Giroux wanted to go to Florida and only right. wanted to go. So there was, there was no bidding. Yeah. yeah. There was no bidding. Florida, what will you give us? That was it. it was, there was no bidding. But, and, and the Flyers felt like they owed it to Giroux to let him go pursue a Stanley Cup. And I wouldn't be surprised if Claude Giroux ended up back in Philadelphia next year. I don't think it'll happen, but I won't be shocked if it does. 
Sam? Uh, yeah, that was something I thought I thought Drew might end up back in in, sure. in Philadelphia. Carolina did it with uh, both uh, Ron Francis. Well, not, no, they did it with Glenn Wesley. They didn't do it with Francis. Remember, Wesley also went to Toronto in 2004 and then signed after the uh, after the work stoppage, signed back with Carolina. I was too young for that, unfortunately. <laughs> did you did you really just tell me that? <laughs> Sam. Um, so now I gotta I gotta ask you for 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 my roommate. I hear you and Alec talk about after games. Um sure. about some cocktails that you guys have. What's your number one cocktail after after a win? I don't really uh I don't do cocktails uh all that often. Um and because I'm an old guy, uh, I, I, re- I, I don't do a lot. I don't drink a lot. Uh, but if I'm going to have a cocktail, I will do a Bombay Sapphire and Tonic. Very simple. Uh, I'm all about that. Um, and uh, But my preference would be uh, in a frosty pint glass. Uh, just give me a good, uh, not really an IPA guy, but uh, just give me a good craft beer. One of my... Uh, just about anything from Highlands Brewing is good. Uh, the uh, Rising Haze is good right now. If it's a little bit chillier, a little thunderstruck, or a little uh, black mocha stout, very good. Also, uh, as we get into the summer months, peachful, uh, a kind of a bouncy uh, light ale. It's not a light beer. It's just a lighter ale. Very good. Long Island is usually what I go for, but that, that, sometimes that's after a an loss. An L-I-T? <laughs> you, usually what, that's you after like a loss. Are you like 24 20, years old? 20. I just turned 25. Wait yeah. a second. Oh, 25. Yeah, I just turned 25. Okay. I thought you said 20 for a second. I was going to have you around. <laughs> 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 no, no, I just turned 25 on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, good for you. I'm sure that went well. <laughs> of course, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, we definitely appreciate you coming on and talking hockey with us. Anytime. You know, Anytime. Like, I don't want, I don't want anybody to think that I, I don't think that the hurricanes are still good enough to win a cup. I think they're good enough to win a cup. Uh, yeah. I don't think, I don't think they'll win a cup based on what they did today. That's all. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, that's fair. Um, makes sense. Hopefully they can. You never know what happens in the playoffs. You could see Colorado by the way, it's left. Uh, we, we, cause we haven't mentioned it. Um, yes, Perry Kokaniemi, eight years, 4.82 million. Uh, I know, I knew that that 6.1 was never going to be the number. Um, oh, gosh, I knew gosh. when they, when they signed him, when they did that, they had already had an idea of where he would slot. And, uh, if he becomes their second line center over the next, over the length of that contract, well, you're a winner because uh, if he's good enough to be a number two center in the league, that means he's probably a 60 point guy. And if you have a 60 point guy making 4.8 million, you're probably way ahead of the game. It gives you room to do things elsewhere. So uh, that spells the end of Trocheck. Yeah. It depends on what Vincent uh, can get on the open market. Uh, I was on the uh, on the record as saying I believe that Kokaniemi's ceiling is Vincent Trocheck, and I would have used Kokaniemi as part of a deal if I could to get something else, um, and then tried to sign Trocheck to a three year deal. 
but I don't think it automatically eliminates Trocheck unless uh, his price is, you know, in the seven range, which it could be. You don't know what the market's going to look like in the offseason. But I love Vincent Trocheck. I think that the team, uh, the team could use a right-handed face-off guy who can play in all situations and plays the like the pest that he does. Uh, I love I love what Vincent brings. I think you need that in the playoffs, especially. So if you can only keep one, Trocheck or Nina Ryder? Oh, if I'm only keeping one, I'm keeping Trocheck. In a minute, I like Nino. Uh, and Nino's had a good year, but I'm, uh, yeah, I love, I'm 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 Team Vincent in this case. You and me, Adam, are in the same team, so great minds think alike. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I still wish we got Eric Stahl, but I've always been a big fan. <laughs> that was him. That was him who no, I've been a, wanted I'm a Eric fan Stahl. Of, I'm a, ba- a fan of Stahl t- st- too, but I think we saw that when he went over to China, he wasn't exactly killing it, and nobody else has signed him either. So I think it, it just might be up for Eric. You think he retires as a cane? Do it. One day, yeah, deal. I mean, sure, they'll do a one a one day deal and bring him back, and and the crowd will pretend that they really loved him. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much. Adam. Pleasure, pleasure. This is what I'm drinking today: water. <laughs> Healthy. Same here. So far, yeah, appreciate it. All right, thank you. Hey, anytime, fellas. All right, that was Adam Gold. We want to thank him for being a guest on our podcast, and we thank you guys for listening to this full episode. Remember, we are on all major platforms, and if you like it, please share it. It really means a ton with the amount of support that we are getting. Thank you, guys. Hope you guys have a nice, good week.